This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm going to leave the signings up to my right. Derek Carr is not on there. Um, obviously, he should be. I was just looking at the signings that happened in the last couple days, plus, you know, some of the re-signings. But hey, you know, this is what happens when the Saints make a signing at 7 p.m. and I have to scramble here. But we're going to go through uh, a mailbag and we're going to get into some questions that y'all had kind of going through questions, comments, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. 504 Co, not a question, but we win in the South for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the other teams in the NFC South got that much better in terms of none of them have a quarterback, you know, you know, if the, if the Panthers bring in CJ Stroud, right? Bryce Young, um, they obviously give themselves a better chance, and that's probably going to be what they do. They trade it up to number one, although they there has been reports that they might trade out of that, which is ridiculous to me. They brought in Miles Sanders. The Panthers did. They obviously signed Shai Tuttle and uh, Andy Dalton. Um, I the, the Panthers don't scare me, but that defense has given the Saints fits over the last couple years, and you know they're the Saints have to do better. <laughs> they have to do better. They have to do better against the Panthers. There's, there's no doubt about that. But you, know, you look at the Bucks. They signed Baker Mayfield. He and Kyle Trask are going to compete for that job. Good luck. <laughs> and then obviously the Falcons, they they signed Taylor Heineke, and he's going to compete with Desmond Ritter maybe? I don't I don't know if he's going to back him up. They, they gave him a decent number on that contract. You know, there's just nothing happened in the NFC South that that tilts me in any way toward the other teams being competitive, right? And yes, the Saints have holes now that they did not have before, but not as many as as it as you might think, right? You feel comfortable with the wide receiver room. You are betting on Mike Thomas being healthy and that's the frustration I have on offense in terms of you got to bring in somebody I think as kind of Mike Thomas insurance. I don't know who that is, but I think you got to do it and is you need a you need a contested catch guy there somewhere. I feel good at tight end. I feel good at running back now. I think you still draft a guy just because you're going to if if Alvin does get suspended 6 games, you need someone who's going to be your RB2 and I don't know maybe yeah, you know, maybe that's Eno Benjamin, maybe. I don't know. 
I think if it was going to be Eno Benjamin, you would have played him more <laughs> late in the season. But that's going to be something to watch. I still want Tajay Spears. I'm, trying, I'm still trying to pre- uh, speak that into existence. But, yeah, I mean, you go through all the positions. You feel better at quarterback, offensive line. I think you need to shore up the interior line, but you feel good at the tackle positions. It'll be interesting to see if they bring James Hurst back. I think you want to because I think having a swing tackle who can also play guard, you know, that's <laughs> that helps. Um, and then on the defensive side, a linebacker, you know, losing Ellis hurts, but I don't think it hurts significantly outside of, you know, if guys get hurt. Um, but, you know, you you spend a third-round pick on Zach Bond. He can be a Sam linebacker. It's not a position you r- run out there that regularly. And then you just got to hope that Pete Werner and DeMario can get through the season healthy. Maybe you draft a guy. Maybe DeMarco Jackson, fifth-round pick at Appalachian State last year, can stay healthy and get on the field and have an impact. I think you also bring back Andrew Dow, right? One of the reasons that I think you are okay with letting Caden walk is you have been developing linebackers, right? Like, like Caden was not Caden when he walked in the door, right? I mean, that's not true. Caden was Caden. Caden was not the Caden Ellis of 2022 when he, when he walked off the field as an Idaho Vandal for the last time, right? Like he's been developing over the last few years. And so you hope that, okay, well, what can we get out of Andrew Dow? What can we get out of Marco Jackson? What can we get out of Nephi Sewell, right? These are guys who you've had in the system, have been working just like Caden had, and maybe they can make a splash. So I'm okay at linebacker. I'm okay at corner, obviously. Um, I think the Saints are as good at corner as they've been in years. And, you know, even in a season where you were without Marshawn Lattimore for a significant portion of it, you still had a really solid year from your cornerback group, and they're all back. You have Marshawn, you have Paulson, you have Alante, and you have Bradley. So, I mean, it's hard hard not to be confident there. There's a lot of hate sent at Tyron Matthew throughout the course of the season. I've been on record as saying I don't think he's as bad as people thought he was. And I think he really came on strong toward the end of the season. He had a career high in tackles. And then Marcus May. I'm not sold on Marcus. I think you do need to go draft a center fielder or bring in like a true center fielder at safety. I'm not going to say he's he's a bust per se. I think he needs more time. He needs to stay on the field. But I, you know, I'm not I'm not particularly sold on him. I think that is a weak spot, um, just in terms of you don't have a deep safety, defensive tackle. I feel better about it today than I did yesterday in terms of these guys being brought in. I think you're going to draft there, and again, defensive end. If Peyton Turner plays like a first round pick and you can actually keep him on the field, then I feel great about it. If he can't, then I have serious questions. But yeah, I think if you're the, if you're the Saints. If you felt good about your chances of winning the NFC South yesterday, you feel better about them today in terms of the pieces you were able to bring in. Austin Kalaska. Yeah, this is a guy, he says, I love Carl Granderson, though much lower ceiling, but reliable pass rusher. This is a guy I didn't even talk about at defensive end, but yes, the Saints do really like Carl Granderson. If you go back to the last several games of the 2022 season, he was starting over Marcus Davenport. And I think if there was any question of whether the Saints were going to be kind of all in on bringing Marcus back, you got that answer in those final few games because, you know, he played Marcus out of his job. Uh, you know, Mr. Two Firsts, as, as people like to call him. Uh, and so, yeah, like there's quality depth there. And now you have a path to get Peyton Turner more reps. I like Tano Passigno. You probably need one or two more 
D-end pieces, maybe someone who can kick out to D-end from defensive tackle if you want to have a big set. But no, I feel good about the defensive end group. Here's another one from Austin. Jameis is a great dude. I appreciate that a lot. Best backup in the league. I don't know if he's the best backup in the league, but he's he's definitely up there. And, you know, I don't... I think Jameis is a good quarterback. I do. And and he's had a very rough last two seasons. You can't do anything about getting hurt. And he's he's gotten hurt. You know, that knee injury was brutal. And then I think that foot injury, people underestimate how significant that was. Like everyone talks about the back injury. I honestly don't think the back injury was a big issue. It was the it was the knee injury. I'm sorry, the foot injury that really made it difficult for him because he couldn't move. He he couldn't protect himself and get out of get get out of harm's way. And that was what made things really difficult in the Panthers game. And when you see people very, very critical of Jameis, a lot of it is centered around the Bucks and Panthers game. And it, it makes me upset because we did see good Jameis. We saw it in the fourth quarter against the Falcons. We saw it a majority of the time in 2021. And, you know, I I think it's like I, I did a whole long segment about how he deserves credit for how maturely he handled this the entire situation last season and losing his job while he was hurt. And this is another example of that, right? Like, I don't understand why he gets so much hate sent at him. You know, maybe he's not as good of a quarterback as, as you want him to be. Maybe he's not as good of a quarterback as he might have been expected to be coming out of college as a first-round pick, a number one overall pick. But, I mean, what does a guy have to do to, to, to not get, you know, constant constant hate on the internet other than just be a good teammate and, and, and do his job? Anyway, no, I, I think it's – the Saints were are fortunate that they were able to, to keep – not have to figure out their backup quarterback situation and have it solved like that. Like, they didn't want to have to go out and spend – $10 million to bring in Andy Dalton, right? Like that, that wouldn't have been great. And if they had to cut him, they would have only saved 4 million against the cap. So they, he actually helped them save an extra $4 million against the cap by sticking around. So, you know, I don't, I don't get the hate for Jameis. Um, I think he's just a good team guy and the Saints got lucky there. Hungry Panda Studios. That's quite a, it's quite a name. It says Lions fan here. I don't, don't, wouldn't a lion eat a panda? I don't know. Says you guys got a good one. Treat him all. He's talking about Jamal Jamal Williams. I, I'm a Jamal Williams fan. I was glad to see they were able to get him. I think on this podcast a few weeks ago, we, in a mailbag session, someone said, "Should the Saints go after Jamal Williams?" And I think at the time I said, "Yes," but I don't know if they can afford him because when you rush for 17 touchdowns in a season, um, you're going to get paid. And you know, fortunately, he he kind of came in a range. He got a decent contract, not a not a huge contract. And uh, yeah, I think he's he's a great he's a great addition. The Keeping It Real Houdat Sports Podcast. Go check him out. It says Saints one day one of the official free agency signing period. One day after losing DTs Tuttle and Onyemata, you replace them with Saunders and Shepard. Then you go out and sign the NFL TD leader. Then he goes on to say it's a B grade, but it's a solid B. These are solid signings. I agree with that. I mean. You were never going to make big splashes here if you're the Saints. And if you're Nick Wright, you would say it's because of the way you manage the cap. If you're living in reality, you would say it's because you don't need to go make big splash signings, right? That's the thing is like everyone gets excited for these massive signings. Everyone gets excited when you overpay and you reset the market. Those deals typically 
are mistakes. Like when you go down the road and you say, man, they, they paid Indomitian Sioux a record amount, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you are out of balance at the defensive tackle position for five years. That hurts you down the road, right? That's not a good thing. You don't want to be the team that does that. And that's what bothers me. And I, I need to stop responding to Nick Wright on Twitter. But like my, my annoyance with the arguments, and I know that's not what this, this question was about. It's like you either do it or you don't. Right, like you either pay too much to go get David Onyemata, or you let him walk. But if you sign him, and then it's like, well, just an irresponsible franchise. They're just throwing out money and kicking the can down the road. Or if you let him walk, it's an irresponsible franchise. This is what happens when you when you can't afford people. So it's like you can't have it both ways. Either you think you should hand out big contracts, or you don't. And I think the Saints have done a good job this season of not overreacting to a exploding defensive tackle market, not overreacting to Ryan Nielsen ballooning the value of their own free agents just by the sheer fact that he's not there anymore. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the, these are two quality guys. You look at the tape and, and they really do um, kind of pop out. I haven't got a chance to look too much into it, right? Like this is all 24 hours, not even. So we're going to learn more about these guys. I'm sure we'll, they'll be made available to the media in the next few days or so once they get into town and they actually sign these contracts. But no, I think I think these are two two really intriguing guys. Another Canadian. So you have managed to replace the Manitoba Mauler with I think he's from Ontario, maybe I don't know. But no, I agree. Not the not a not a huge day, not a massive day, but you got the pieces you needed, and that's a good thing. KD says he's a big anime fan. I love Jamal. He's hilarious. Plus, he puts his heart out on the field. He is funny. He is a funny guy. Um, and like I, he just like you will hear him talk about Pokemon uh, and, and Naruto by the by the time the year is done. Mark my words. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. D. Granger says Mickey is taking charge of things and setting things instead of letting things just happen. I like this approach. Who dat? You know, I, I don't know if he is necessarily taking charge of things i think he's just allowing the market to dictate the value right like and if the value is is too high you you move on and you say we have really good grades on these guys we're gonna go get them we can get them at decent at a decent number and you and you go from there i don't like seeing i don't i don't want to say like but you don't want to be the team that signs Kenny Galladay to a huge contract and you don't really understand Kenny Galladay. You're just doing it because you can. And that's what you see with like the Falcons is they have all this money, but like you, you have it now because you've kind of reset. But in three years, you're going to be like, man, we just paid Jesse Bates $60 million. Why, why did we do that? You know, we, we just paid Caden Ellis like a top 10 linebacker. And while he might be very good, is he a top 10 linebacker? I don't know. You paid a 30-year-old David Onyemata like a top 10 defensive tackle. Is he a top 10 defensive tackle? Or did you just have the money? And I think that's where you kind of see that balance uh, shuffle. But, you know, you look at the kind of climbing numbers on the salary cap and on, and on the kind of positional rankings. And 
you know, it, it only makes the saints approach seem smarter because you're maximizing that money when that money goes farther, right? Like by the time you have a chance to spend that money in three years, you're going to be spending $10 million more at that position rather than what you were able to do now. So uh, I, I think it's a, I think the approach he's taking and the saints are taking this year is a good one. Randall Alfrecht, Jamal Williams lived in the end zone last year. He really did. 17 touchdowns is remarkable for a guy that probably isn't the be- wasn't the best running back on his team. It was a very it was a very Legarrette Blunt type season if you remember that guy. Austin Kloska says we need a rangy safety for the future. I, I agree. I think you need to try to find one in the draft. Gorilla Man Joe, Atlanta has gotten better on defense. Getting two good players from us will make a difference. Sure, I agree. I think they did get better on defense, but you know they spent heavily to get better on defense. And I don't know if they got better by enough to be competitive. And that's where it's like, where's the balance there? Like, are you ready to win? Because these are, these are, these are contracts you're handed out as if you're ready to win. And I just don't know if they are like, you don't like, I don't know if you're ready to win until you have a quarterback in there. And I don't think that Desmond Ritter is the guy. And even if he is like, I don't know if he's ready to win at the level that would make sense to spend $60 million on a safety. I don't know. It just seems it seems imbalanced in terms of the timeline to compet- to competitiveness versus the amount you're spending right now on a guy like a 30-year-old David Onyemata. Austin Klaska here, Tajay Spears in the fourth, and Kayshawn Booty in the second would be nice. Kayshawn Booty. He might, I don't know if I've ever seen someone hurt his stock more by showing up at the NFL Combine, but whew, a 29-inch vertical leap for a wide receiver? What? That's crazy. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't think the Saints are going to go wide receiver in the second round, um, but, you know, it, yeah, I, I, I would love to see Tajay Spears in the fourth round. All right, here's one more question, and then we'll close out here. From KD, should we prioritize defensive back or wide receiver first in the draft? And I'm not sure if you mean early or just total. I think you have to prioritize defensive tackle at one of your first two picks. I would love to see the Saints land one of the talented tight ends in this draft, maybe in the third or fourth round. If you're asking me like, if I had to pick one or the other, I would like to see the Saints go after rangy safety and really add depth there because, you know, you were talking about two safeties. Like you feel, you know, you have two starters in Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, but they are veterans. Um, You know, like you want to have depth behind them and young depth that you can develop with a Tyron Matthew, with quality veterans. So I would go first for a defensive back just because, you know, you, you have two young wide receivers who you're still developing. So you don't feel like, you need that, but you know, if someone you really love falls to you in the fourth round, I, I could see them going after it. But all right, that's going to be it for this edition of Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. Thanks everyone who listened, who chimed in, a comment. Always appreciate everyone who watches these because it makes me feel a lot better about myself. Thanks. Um, but all right, if you haven't subscribed, make sure to do that. Keep an eye out for the next episode of the week, which we post on Friday. Um, we're gonna Steve Geller will be back, and we're gonna get into a lot more of 
you know, kind of the impact. I'll have more time to digest some of these signings. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk to one or two of these signees. I can't wait for the Jamal Williams interview. It's going to be hilarious, and uh, and it's going to be a good time. But all right, y'all, be easy. Peace.